Hi there, listeners. Welcome to the 963 Universal Frequency. I'm your host, Esther Clare, spreading awareness with an open heart, an open mind, living life and being free. Have you ever felt as though you're not from this planet? Do you frequently look up at the night sky and feel a deep connection or a yearning that there is another world or many worlds out there and one of them is actually your home? Perhaps you are a star seed, also known as a star child, and you belong to one of the 12 star beings or constellations. Now, these are the 12 that I'm going to list to you, and there could be more, but these are the ones that seem to, uh, I guess, resonate the most with Earth and... There seems to be a lot of characteristics and studies done on these planets and the type of characteristics that someone would have if they're from one of these planets. So we have Palladian, Octurian, you could be from Orion, you could be Syrian, you could be a Lyran, you could be from Venus, you could be a Martian, you can be from Andromeda. You could be a Polarian, a Hadarian, I think I pronounced that correctly, an Alpha Centurion, a Agathon, or you could be, and this is quite interesting, I never knew this, but you could be an Anunnaki, the Anunnaki. I actually thought the Anunnaki was from Sirius. I think a lot of people believe that they came from the planet Nibiru. But I always had the impression that they were from Sirius. But anyway, I'm not well versed. I haven't looked into that. And so if you are a star seed, and from my understanding, we are actually all star seeds, the chances are that you are going to be from more than just one of these planets because you've relived your life quite a few times. And so you will have amnesia, which is why starseeds struggle to, to remember their true identity. And they have this longing to, to discover who they really are and to raise the frequency of Earth and uh, the humans that live on it. And in this episode, Hayden Crawford does talk about starseeds. We also talk about color therapy and I I highly recommend if you're interested in knowing more about star seeds and color therapy or more about our conversation definitely check out his YouTube channel because it's just full of really good content and so I I feel as if I resonate a lot with the star seed concept now I've got an open mind to a lot of different things, but I, I seem to always feel as if I come back to star seeds and, and, and I have a fascination with the universe and planets and stars and, and dreams that I have. So I do believe it to be a, a theory. I'm going to call it a theory because there's a lot of different things that I, I believe in and I think that they are all connected in some way. So I'm still connecting the dots, but I do believe that I have a connection to 
the starseed realm. How do you know if you are a starseed? Now, these are just ways that you could maybe decipher whether or not you are a starseed. And I'm not saying that if you have one of these beliefs, then you are a starseed. I, I would say if you have more than five, you are possibly a starseed. Although it is said that everybody's a starseed. And, and with that, I do agree to some extent, but I also think if somebody doesn't believe that they're a starseed, then the chances are that they're not going to be one. And maybe they really are one deep down inside, but because they really don't believe it, then they no longer become a starseed. I don't know if that makes sense, but anyway, one, seeing repeating numbers. And apparently that's really common. Two, they experience an innate loneliness and a longing to return home. Now, I 100% agree with that one. I do feel lonely, but not in the sense that I don't have friends, family, you know, anyone to, to, to talk about life or whatever. It's more of a a I can't describe it but it's definitely a feeling of this is not my home this is even though it's my family and I've was born here I I don't feel as if it's my true home three while they are quick to discern human agendas they find human behavior to be bewildering and irrational and are reluctant to involve themselves with society I'd have to say I agree with that personally. I do find human behavior really odd and it baffles me a lot. People's, um, maybe people that aren't awake, that, that really concerns me. But I think a lot of people are like that. Now, I do involve myself in the community. I do volunteer so, yeah, look, I'm not 50-50. Maybe it's a 50-50. I, I do feel as if I've, I'm understanding humans. Oh, sorry, <laughs> humans. <laughs> I do feel as if I'm understanding people more as I get older. So that could be, yeah, anyone could feel that way, especially if you're getting older and wiser and smarter like myself. Uh, number four. One of the most telling starseed characteristics is their feeling of genuine excitement upon learning that they might not be human after all. Now, I've got to agree with that. I get really excited when I have guests on the show and I'm connecting dots and they say things like, you're probably from another planet. And I get really excited. I feel as if I resonate with that. I'm like, awesome, because... Yeah, I, I don't think I'm 100% human. Even though I am in the five senses, I don't think my mind is, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Five, you're always feeling homesick. Yes. You know what home feels like, even if you can't express it. Oh, I'm just saying, I can't, I can't express the feeling. It's so true. And you know that your house is not your house. This may even lead to depression in some cases. Mm, I think everybody gets depressed. I think I get depressed, but I wouldn't say 
to the point where it impacts me deeply. It's probably more of a when you think something really exciting is going to happen and then it doesn't and you get really down, like, oh, life's boring. Yeah, <laughs> I get that a lot. Uh, number six, even as a child, you have always felt different as though you are unique and others can't understand you. Yes, 100%. But I, I've come to the realization that I think most people feel like that. So we could be, we could be onto something that maybe everybody's a star seed here. Uh, seven, you often feel morally superior to others, regardless of education or social stature. Yes, I, I actually do. I don't I hope that's not egotistical, but I do feel as if when I witness something or see a situation between maybe two people bickering or maybe people bitching about one another I I either say something or I just keep it to myself and I I kind of do go yeah look I'm better than you (laughs) Uh, eight your empathy is overwhelming yeah I mean maybe yeah I think sometimes I could step that up a notch I feel as if I walk into a room and I can sense how people are feeling. I can really feel their energy, but I don't let it get to me. And I think a lot of empaths, empathetic people, they tend to take on those emotions of other people. I put up a, a wall or maybe I just deflect it in some way. I don't know. I can't explain it, but yeah, I don't, uh, I can usually tell if, Uh, someone is being genuine or if they're just looking for attention and so I'm not the type of person I think an empathetic person or or an empath will try to connect with that person whereas I'm the opposite I'm like see you later I can't deal with 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 people that are not true to themselves and number nine you have had a paranormal or psychic experience You may have seen a ghost, heard others' thoughts, had dreams that became reality or experienced ongoing psychic attacks. Now, I will have to say yes to two of those. Uh, The uh, psychic experience, yes, but the psychic experiences have been in dreams. So a situation will happen in a dream and then the next day or so, comes true not sequence by sequence so it's not perfect but it definitely is what I had dreamed about paranormal I feel I I feel the presence of of the the unseen but I've not experienced anything physical or seen anything I can just hear them and thoughts as well I can actually definitely hear people's thoughts but I actually think people all people can do that have you ever sat next to somebody and then they look at you and they go what did you just say I'm sure you have if you haven't think about it because I've had that happen often so it's somebody else that actually can hear my thoughts and I say I haven't didn't say anything I'm like oh okay so I think we can all do that that's not anything unusual 10, 
You feel as though you have a purpose or a mission to fulfill, but struggle to find what you want to do with your life a hundred percent. That is quintessential of me. I know I've got a mission. What you want to do with your life. I've always been a bit of a eh, kind of just happy cruising along, you know, uh, but yeah, but I want to do something more, but I just don't know what. And I think a lot of people are like that. Majority of society is like that. 11, you lack the passion or intrigue to truly devote yourself to one area and understand the validity of life. Now, I'm not too sure what validity means. I'm going to say, and I've, I've actually had someone ask me this before. They've asked me if I was a wanderer. And basically a wanderer is similar to a starseed, but they tend to travel and roam a lot and they can jump from in one country and then another country and, you know, they're a little bit flighty. Yeah, maybe that could be true. I'm never really fixed on one. I never, I'm pretty good at letting go of attachment. If you're somebody that can let go of attachment, uh, I think mm, possibly, yes, you are a star because I think that's the hardest thing for humans to do is to let go of attachment. Uh, 12, you see auras. Yes, I can see auras, but I practiced seeing auras. I can't see everybody's. It's particular people. I feel as if I've got a, a knack for that. And I feel that people that also have a knack for it they pick up on my aura quite easily. So I think it's when people, both both, both uh, people really have a sense of, of aura, they can spot each other out from a crowd. That, I don't know. That's just my perspective on that. I could be wrong, but it, it, it can be done. Everyone has an aura. Every, every object, I think, has an aura. 13, animals trust you and are naturally drawn to you. You understand them to the point that it feels as though you can communicate. The same is true for babies and small children. They find you fascinating and seem mesmerized in your presence. I'm going to have to say 100% agree with that. Very good with animals, love animals. I talk to them and I feel as if they just talk back, but they don't do it with their mind a little bit a little bit with their mind but they do it more with their body not long ago I was near a horse and the horse started to parade around me and the owner said that's bizarre never does that dogs love dogs children babies yeah they're always like goo goo gaga at me um so yeah I agree with that from a young age this is number 14 from a young age you question the ways of society and still feel perplexed as to how others don't see its mistakes. Yes, all the time. I get really frustrated, especially when people say that they know, but they still go and follow the crowd. That really baffles me. 15. Many starseeds do not like humans and surround themselves with animals. You know, at first I was like that. I really didn't like people. They annoyed me. But I think I'm getting better at liking people. And 
I think everybody's like that too. It's like when people don't like other people's children, but they like their own. You know, I think everybody's got that in them. And uh, 16, a majority of star seeds, even as young adults, are night owls and enjoy staying up later than the average person. There is a peaceful feeling of solitude and clarity that star seeds feel at night. Those who do sleep earlier may find themselves suddenly waking awakening for no reason around 3 a.m baby oh that's so funny 3 a.m i'm always up at 3 30 i wake up all the time on the dot i just i turn over look at my phone and it's 3 30 um so i'm gonna say that it's pretty good and i am a bit of a night owl but it's just because i don't get to sleep till maybe about 12 which is probably why I always have those um, type astral dreams or lucid dreams because I'm always half awake half asleep and I, I love dreaming so I have to say I am a night person I also like to look out at the the night sky as well and yeah I have my phases of when I do that around three so I wake up at three and I see some pretty cool stuff anyway that's another story so if you are feeling any of those um, characteristics then maybe you are a starseed i actually like the concept it is probably a little out there for some people because it's related to space and basically you're calling yourself an alien i think that sometimes that's how some people perceive it and so they think it's weird and wacky and i'm going to stop rambling on and i hope you enjoy this episode if you have any queries uh, if you want to leave a comment please do uh, you've got my email address there so feel free to contact me if you need and i will catch you at the end Joining me for this episode from my home state of Western Australia is Hayden Crawford, a wellness intuitive and soul purpose expert, knowledgeable in color therapy, numerology, Reiki, and much more, which we will furthermore be learning about in this conversation. Hayden is the founder of Dreamtime Academy, which is a modern day mystery school designed to assist females in learning holistic healing practices, finding purpose, or as I like to phrase it, your soul's contract. And the Academy also hosts a variety of retreats and workshops, as well as provides a service to the community through one-on-one -on -one healing sessions. I'm ecstatic to be connecting with you today, Hayden. Thank you for making the time. I'm extremely grateful. And a special shout out to Dorothy Canoan, who suggested you to me. And I'm glad she did because I never knew a school such as yours existed. And looking into your passion and the academy, I found color therapy to be of such intrigue, especially because of my detached retina operation, which was about six years ago now. But it really made me appreciate my vision and it actually opened a door to holistic health and well-being along with the metaphysical world and so much more. But what really put me in awe is your understanding of star seeds. Now, this concept of star seeds seems to be a recurring theme for me, not just in the five senses of our dimension, but in the dream world as well. Since I was a kid and I never knew anything about this spirituality until recently around this year. 
and actually maybe last year. And so, you know, you've ticked all the right boxes and I believe there are many others in the world that I think will resonate with our discussion and with what your academy offers. So let's firstly divulge into who you are and your journey to finding purpose. So my journey to finding purpose, uh, it was actually through a midlife awakening um, that I happened, otherwise known as a midlife crisis. <laughs> um, but for me, I'd been working in corporate IT recruitment in London and Perth for 15 years, and I was starting to get angry because I knew I was living somebody else's life. And um, so one day I just decided, you know, I was going to sell my house in Mandra, move down to the southwest and um, follow my passions. Um, and actually, that was at that point um, to become an artist because I was told to work with colour when I went inwards and I didn't really know what it meant. And um, yeah, I put together an exhibition, but nobody bought any of my paintings. So after a couple of years of sort of failing as an artist, I found colour therapy and, and numerous other vibrational remedies and systems as well, you know, including numerology. Um, and it was actually through numerology that I, I discovered what I was really here to do. Um, and because I was born on the 16th of October 1972, which makes me a ruling number nine, and the nines are healers and counsellors. And with a day number seven, um, they are the spiritual teachers. So, it, it, you know, I just literally followed the breadcrumbs and, and listened to the wisdom that's embedded within you know, all of the, you know, the, you know, the systems that are available to us all and, and just learn the language of light. And, you know, following those breadcrumbs, it's led me to, you know, to sort of really find my purpose and, and love what I'm doing again. There are so many representations or meanings behind colours. For instance, when I was dabbling in Bilford Out projects and I was learning about colour schemes and designs, specific colours influence moods. For example, green promotes harmony and balance. Colour can affect our focus in the workplace. So productivity to communication and creativity. And there has been scientific study in colour psychology. So even from the food that we eat, you, you think about fast food places and how they are usually yellow, red or orange, McDonald's, Hungry Jack's, KFC. Yeah, all, all those colours from mind understanding is that they are stimulants and then even what we wear as well we can attract a certain type of person by the colors that we wear or we can uh, radiate a particular mood that we're feeling internally through the clothing that we wear as well so can you elaborate as to what color therapy is what color mirroring is and i I guess all of it from a, a spiritual perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just I look at colours and numbers as the language of light, and it's um, it's information, you know, because each colour is on its uh, own vibrational frequency, so you know it carries information, and we just need to learn what that language is. So, with the colour mirrors, there are a sequence of dual-coloured oil bottles and also essence sprays. But the, the dual-coloured oil bottles, the, the top fraction of the bottle represents, you know, the, the conscious mind and the bottom fraction of the subconscious mind. So they're very revealing. Um, so, yeah, you're right. You know, we are stimulated by colours and we might not consciously understand what the information is, but subconsciously we do. Like our soul has great depth of wisdom. 
So, you know, during a typical color mirrors session that I would do with a client, you know, I'd ask them to pick out a bottle that represents where they're at in their life right now and a bottle that represents where they want to be and a bottle that represents a blockage for them that's stopping them from getting there and, and maybe some action steps for them to take as well. So they, they kind of just intuitively use um, the, 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 the bottles to be able to reveal their subconscious patterns, their limiting beliefs, their frozen emotions that might be stopping them from really becoming the best version of themselves and finding fulfillment ultimately. So the way it happens is I do all of my sessions now via Zoom, um, purely because um, of COVID, well, mainly because of COVID, um, had to change a lot of people's patterns and also because I've had some strange people coming around to my house. So I, I kind of put um, a limit on, on that. Um, and I teach everything and do all of my consultations via Zoom. And what I do is I just have a, um, a PDF which has all of the 87 different jewel colored oil bottles on it. And I share my screen and, I, and then I just scroll down through the images of the bottles and people um, select the ones that they're most drawn to with relationship to the question that's being asked. And then I gather the bottles from my shelf, which, you know, I've got a whole wall of color within my, my healing space. And, um, you know, based around how many bottles people choose for certain answers and, you know, I'll ask them to um, to, to sort of um, position them in a particular shape that they feel like they are attracted to as well. Um, so all of that carries extra layers of information about what's going on for that person. And then as as part of the session, I will I will then look to do some timeline therapy using hip, hypnotherapy to be able to um, locate different aspects of the wounded inner child fundamentally that are located um at various points on the timeline to be able to you know change the those those lies that are usually formed as a child from a child's perspective and replace them with the truth so it's ultimately a very freeing um, process so the colors really just give me information so that i can understand what's happening within the the, the client's subconscious mind because if the client's conscious and subconscious minds are, are, are telling two different stories, guess which one wins? Mm, the conscious mind influences. So I'm going to say the conscious mind. No, it's this, it's the subconscious. Oh, really? Yeah. So Damn. the subconscious is way more powerful than the conscious mind. So if we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, then, you know, the, you know that sort of and often it's the shadow aspect that will take control and that's why people find it very disempowering and un, uh, aren't able to create consciously create the things that they want in their life and that's where all the discontentment comes in because there's so much frustration associated with it so we have to become aware so you know really color therapy is an awareness building um, tool and modality but it also you know color intrinsically it just affects our moods and the way that we feel so during a session they're not only being delivered information that can be useful for them in changing those old limiting beliefs or, or frozen emotions and stuck patterns but also the, the whole experience of, of visually seeing those colors it's almost has a, a, a cathartic um, re relay onto their um, psyche so you know, colour, you're right, you know, when you were talking about 
McDonald's and, you know, you talk about, you know, the colours that they use that, you know, that, that it, it's something that's been around for, around for centuries. And a lot of the advertising agencies are uh, aware of, you know, the way that they can um, influence people using colour. And, you know, if you look at McDonald's as an example, red and yellow, red is, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I need to survive. And yellow is the solar plexus, and it's you know it's often indicative of a connection with the digestive system. So I'm I'm hungry. I need to survive. I need to eat. It's that that makes a lot of sense. Mm. In Vedic and similar practices, it's said to eat the specific colors correlating to the colors of the chakras that you need or you want to stimulate, or you know if you want to stimulate all seven of the main chakras. And, and you think about it. Um, all, the, all these chakras or energetic gateways are linked to our spine, which is the universal life force frequency for our entire body. So if you wanted to, you want to work on your heart, maybe you've got heart problems or maybe you just want to improve the, the blood flow or just to give more love, you would eat more greens. And you would probably find if you look into the types of fruits and plants that are green, they are beneficial to the heart more so than other areas of the body. So, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Where does colour therapy originate from? What is its origins? Yeah, so, um, you know, colour therapy dates right back to ancient Egypt and, and even before then with Atlantis and, um, and also, you know, ancient Greece. So, that you know, the, you've got the, the, the healing um Temples of Color and Light of Heliopolis um, is probably the most um, recognized and documented sort of first um, interactions with color therapy. But you see, as I started learning the color mirrors, it, it started unlocking um, soul memories of me working with a similar type of system during a past life within Atlantis. And of course, when you think about the, you know, Atlantis as a, an ancient civilization and culture, it, um, you know, a lot, a lot of the beings that, that that lived there and interacted there had come from the stars. So they were Pleiadians and they were um, Syrians and Arcturians and Andromedans, et cetera, et cetera. So color therapy really is, um, you know, a system that has, that's come from the wisdom of, our starry ancestors. So back in Heliopolis, the temples, how would they have used color therapy? What type of technique or technology would they have used? Well, I think back in the back in those days, you know, they they um, used to use colored light therapy um, profusely. So you know, bathing in light and. It goes back to, um, well, I, I, I think that, you know, if we think of how that was then reintroduced um, by Darius Dinshaw um, through the spectrochrome, and Darius Dinshaw was actually, you know, pioneer in um, healing people um, physically, emotionally, and mentally, as well as spiritually in his day, but it was ridiculed. And actually, you know, his facility was, was um, sabotaged by the military and, because they, they didn't like the results that he was getting because it was threatening um, mainstream or orthodox medicine because he was getting fantastic results, and especially around skin um, repair and uh, burns and things like that by using appropriate colored lights. But, you know, there's a book um, 
called Let There Be Light. And that, uh, that's um, looks at the power of the spectrochrome, which ultimately was a quite an archaic looking system of light therapy that shone um, various different colored filters of light onto the body and aligns with various different parts of the cycles of the moon. So um, a very, very detailed um, color, color and light therapy system. So Heliopolis really, a, a lot of the, the healing that was taking place there was more around beaming sort of uh, vibrations of light frequencies onto the human body to be able to heal it physically as well as emotionally. Mm, so what era would this have been? Um, what year? To be honest, I can't remember. It was it was a few hundred years ago, though. I mean, this was like a reintroduction of of information that was that was kind of around during the times of Atlantis, which was many, many millions of years ago. And of course, you know, Atlantis existed in the fifth dimension for for many moons. And you know, Atlantis was um, you know they had advanced healing systems. Um, so it's like anything, you know, we have access to all of that information within our soul memories and, you know, it, it gets reintroduced in, in the same way that Pythagoras was able to reinterpret numerology. Um, a lot of that wisdom had come from ancient Egypt. And of course, where did the ancient Egyptians come from? It was the survivors of Atlantis, uh, of Atlantis. So all of this goes right back. It goes way back um before a lot of the documented sort of cases that we're aware of with your essential oils and color therapy how is an essence or the aroma the fragrance how is that created for a specific color okay so i don't create the essences or the oils myself they a color alchemist called melissa jolly in south africa she she um, was channeled this system back in 2001 and it's um it's kind of like a global modality now we um we have practitioners in australia europe america canada asia um so yeah she was channeled this information over um a period of time and um they they they, they like color alchemists her and her daughter jilly and they make up the remedies so each of the essence sprays for example they have their own keynote and frequency. So if you imagine color has a, a specific wavelength, like red is a very slow wavelength and um, it's quite dense. And that's why, you know, it sort of um, relates more to safety, security, survival, and the physical aspects of life. Whereas violet is a much higher vibration and frequency, connects more to spirit. So each of the essence sprays, you know, has their own keynote um, color, but also, frequency because remember that um fragrance is also on a particular vibration so for example the yellow angel is a yellow essence um which has keynotes of of lemon so lemon um vibration is is on the yellow spectrum um where we can look at um pink uh, which has a um, rose within it um and some of the magenta and violet bottles of frankincense. So the higher vibrational essential oils, which are then incorporated because it's all natural, the whole system. Okay. Did that answer your question? And 
It does, yes. And when you use these oils, are they to be put on the skin or do you, you put them in a burner? How do they so work? The, um, when we actually practically use the oils and essences, the essences are, are sprayed onto the trigger points um, and um, okay. inhaled um, because smell has an immediate effect on the brain or, or into the auric system as well. So, and that's... Um, they're almost like a push button remedy and they work based around like treating like as in homeopathy, but mm-hmm. also that the antidote is found within the complementary. For example, if somebody is suffering from shock and trauma, we've, we've, that's a very orange experience. So the, the color psychology of orange um, brings out shock, trauma and abuse or where we felt out of control. So we could, if we feel like that, we can either use orange like so for example the bliss essence or um the fire essence would help with that or the complementary to orange which is the opposite color on the color wheel which is blue and blue is you know um relates to the throat chakra it's about communication and often the antidote to when we feel in shock and trauma is to speak about how we feel and that helps us to heal so they they work you know, in both capacities, um, the dual colored oil bottles are bathed in. So you would pour the, the bottle into your bath, you would submerge your body and allow yourself to go into an alpha brainwave state through, um, you know, just meditation, really. And um, during that process, we often find that people experience soul memories re-emerging, or they may um, have a, a cathartic release of emotion. Um, of all, all different kinds. And we, we encourage people to journal what they are experiencing because um, they the oils have an amazing way because of their frequency and they've been activated by Melissa as well, uh, that they, they can go into the cells, into the cellular memory, and they can replace the lie that's caught within there and replace it with the truth, which is divine love. So often... Mm-hmm our physical bodies hold all information. As you know, you know, it's like um, the physical body carries the weight of the, you know, the the emotional um, challenges that we've experienced. And it's not enough just to release it emotionally. We have to, we have to rid it from the physical body as well for, for a proper, you know, hundred percent healing. When you say uh, rid the lie, and find the truth what do you mean by the lie is it is it an intentional lie or is it just our interpretation of what we think it is <laughs> yeah that's it so it's a misinterpretation of the original event okay. that you know and often that's formed when we're a child so we have numerous wounded inner children that exist on our timeline at various different points mm-hmm. so we don't just have one so what, what happens is those lies are kind of then caught within the cellular memory, you know, so it might be that we think that our mum and dad don't love us. And of course the child, you know, it might, they might've been told off. Um, and so it, 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 it interprets that as they don't love me. And that stays there within the physical body. So the, 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 the color mirrors, they go into those lies that are caught within the cells and they go, hang on a minute, you know, um, it's no longer needed. 
soul will replace that with the truth, which is divine love, ultimately, unconditional love, divine love, that you are loved. And that release can take place. It's almost like a transferal of energy. Um, as the Australian bushflowers, you know, they, they that's how they work. They work on the, you know, not only on the, on the cells, but on the outer causal bodies and the etheric bodies as well. So it's almost like a soul cleanse that takes place. And do you use this with any of your other modalities? So numerology, do you use it with Reiki or is it just on its own? Well, the beauty of colour therapy and, and particularly the colour mirrors is that you can incorporate it with all other modalities because everything is connected. So with the dual coloured oils, I often use those during um, teaching Reiki. Or I put them on the client's bodies at various different points. And some of the bottles are specifically aligned to the chakras, C1 uh, to, uh, to, to C12 are aligned to the, the chakras, sorry, to C15, um, and, the, and the way that the chakras are evolving as well as we develop ourselves personally. Um, for example, the, the red base chakra is um, evolving as we clear our survival issues we activate our light body. So it's changing from red to clear. And all the other chakras are kind of on a journey of becoming rainbow, but in that process, they're changing color as mm -hmm. human, the human race works on itself with personal development. So, but also numerology, because the color mirrors is a numerological um, color therapy system. It's a numerology based system. So each of the bottles are numbered. And of course, it's not only the vibration of the color that you are getting your information from, it's the number that's associated with that bottle as well. So it's an extremely elaborate and sophisticated system um, that is multi-layered. So you can get so much information from it. But um, I create reports. Um, so um, as as part of the, the offerings with the Dreamtime Academy, we started creating Starseed numerology reports, which incorporates um, the person's date of birth, their name chart, but, and then the coloured bottles, which also are influential to that person within there, and also how the position of the person's son at the time that they were born will reveal their starry origins. Okay, so based around... Um, you know, that specific degree and, and where the soul is able to incarnate into. So the reports, they combine numerology, color therapy and astrology and tarot, actually, yeah. to be able to reveal the person's true personality blueprint, their strengths and weaknesses, the best times for them to be able to embark on new projects and ventures. And of course, you know, where their soul actually came from after it left source consciousness, which for example, for me, was Andromeda. <laughs> um, and everybody else, you know, has one of many different um, constellations and systems. All of the reports that I've received from astrologers or numerologists, they've been derived from a software program. Is that how you compile and extract your data or? No, they're handcrafted. Handcrafted. Yeah, no, they're wow. all handcrafted. Yeah. So that's our point of difference, really. So, I mean, I I work with, um, and I've, I've done quite a lot of um, videos and, um, you know, content creation for the world's largest numerology website, numerologist.com. And 
their reports are, um, you know, they're okay, but they are computer generated. And, and of course, you know, when you receive a report through someone like numerologist, it can be overwhelming because there's so much information in there and it's, and it's, it loses its personal touch because it's, you know, they, they, they kind of go through software programs. Whereas when somebody approaches me, I ask for their date, time and place of birth and living name, which is the name that they like to go by, not necessarily the name that's on the birth certificate. And then from that, I will extract the data from Pythagorean numerology, astrology, the color mirrors, tarot, and and create a beautiful 22-page PDF document, which is then emailed through to them. Mm, there's something I really admire about that. It would be very time-consuming. You know, you're, you really, your brain is, is the computer. So yeah, uh, I really respect that, that you, you're taking the time out to put that together yourself and you're not relying on, on technology to do it for you. Yeah. And with all of astrology, yeah. the constellations and and have, having so much knowledge on, on, on how all of that works, that brings me to star seeds. And I, I could see how you would have a, an understanding of, of star seeds. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by this because, look, I should tell you about my experience and how it all came about for yes, me. Yes, please. Yeah, do tell me. I, uh, <laughs> I, I have these dreams since I was a kid and I suppose the dreams became stronger. They intensified as I got older. And it, they really became prominent when COVID hit. And so I started to journal all of my dreams. And I even started to journal the ones that I had when I was younger. And I still really remembered them clearly. Uh, I, c- I can actually remember most of my dreams very, very clearly. And anyway, so I'm having these dreams. And these dreams are with blue beings. And I can't tell if I'm blue, but I think presume that I am I'm not always with blue beings I'm sometimes I think just in my human form but the the I'll I'll talk about the the blue beings because that's in relation to starseeds and yeah I'm either underground and I'm trying to help people and people are trying to help me too Uh, there's usually a a battle or a war going on Uh, seem to be just in you know, a maze or a, a, a forest or we've got to try and get out of this complex place. And, and yeah, there just seems to be out in space on different planets. I had a dream that, a vivid dream about being on a planet and it was attacked by all of these uh, spaceships. And I had mentioned it to someone that was it had some understanding of star seeds and she actually said to me oh, it sounds like you're from a planet called vega and so uh, and then somebody else said to me or oh, if you're seeing blue beings and all this type of stuff you're octarian so i think i might be a mixture but anyway so after all of my journaling and a few dreams that seem to have a similar message in them I boiled it or narrowed it down to that what they were trying to tell me is that 
I can't change the world, but I can change myself. And I can do that by raising my own frequency and raising my vibration. And if others choose to follow, then they can. But if not, I still have to keep going and raise my my vibration so that I can go into the next life and whatever frequency I'm on, I will resonate and go into the next parallel world or you know, be reincarnated into a world where I'm at a, a higher frequency. And so, you know, everything that I do will still impact somebody in some way when I leave the world that I'm on. So it's really in-depth and deep and, and all of that, but I think that's what they're trying to tell me. So that's pretty much what my dreams are in a nutshell. But with star seeds and our souls being... Uh, reincarnated from these constellations do you do you think that everyone on earth is a starseed we all are actually and, and i find that really interesting that you mentioned that and yes to, to both of those things i think that you've said um arcturian and because blue the blue beings um are um, the arcturians um but there are several different blue galactic races from the galactic federation of light so it's quite it's quite common, and I hear this a lot that people um, have these experiences with the blue beings. But also Vega is a, a planet within the Lyran constellation, which is a relatively small constellation, and Lyra and Vega was yeah under attack from the Draconians. So um, the underground stuff as well, like finding yourself in these labyrinths, you know, under the under the earth, you know, is very common as well, and specifically for star seeds like you know you and I and it's a way that we kind of um because a lot of the time the the work that we do is on the etheric during the dream time state so when we are you know in a, a delta brainwave state the soul is able to go off and do the work of the rescuing and a lot of the time it is rescuing other people um from the clutches of you know of the lower vibrations so and it can be exhausting so a lot of people wake up feeling like they've not slept even though they've had a good eight hours sleep because you know the 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 soul is 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 doing its work there as a starseed you're a volunteer remember and a starseed really the definition for that is um someone who's human by birth and by dna but whose soul has come from a different star system constellation alternative universe parallel you know life etc etc so from numerous different um dimensional frequencies but the one thing that we've all got in common is that we chose to be here on the earth plane to be able to assist with a conscious ascension of the planet and also humanity so we come in as volunteers so you know you've got your three waves of volunteers that dolores cannon speaks about in the convoluted universe and i think that is she really hit the nail on the head because she was taking people into somnambulistic brainwave states um, during hypnotic sessions and found that many of these people were saying the same things when they were under, using the same language even, that they heard the calling that the earth was in trouble after the bomb went off in Hiroshima and that they needed to come and help. And all we can really do is focus on raising our own vibration and hope that that ripples out into the people around us so that they can start the ascension process as okay. well. So 
a lot of us are doing it without even knowing what we're doing mm. and that's okay as well well no I, I mean I, I I wouldn't have started this podcast if I didn't feel that as well because that was the whole purpose of my podcast I didn't know how else to do it mm. <laughs> so this was the reason behind it in a way if that makes sense but yeah and the Arcturians you know are specifically um governed by the throat chakra stuff so getting their message out into the world mm-hmm. um you know so a lot of the time the Arcturians they resonate with the throat and the blue and the turquoise energy you know because it's about them um expressing their message to be able to help raise the vibration okay wow this is, I love how I'm connecting the dots. <laughs> Good. Are there any other blue things you had mentioned? That... Yeah, yeah, there are. Um, so some of the Syrians, um, you know, it's almost like they're, if you think of the, you know, the, the, the universe is almost being one big um, experiment, you know, so. And, you know, a lot of the, you know, the sort of extraterrestrials um, that work both with the Galactic Federation of Light and those that don't, some of the, you know, the naughty ones, harvesting genetics so that they can kind of cross-pollinate. And of course, you know, so you've got planets that have cat-like beings and you've got planets that have got ones that descended from the monkeys like us. And then you've got, um, you know, so yeah, then you've got like the bird, the bird beings, like the blue avians and all of this, you know, was reflected within, you know, our ancestry and, and actually through our heritage and, 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 and mythology as well. If you look at ancient Egypt and all of the characters that appear, you know, as, as the gods, you know, they're all half, uh, half, uh, you know, humanoid, half bird, half animal, you know, half wolf or whatever. So, so really, you know, it's a melting pot, the universe, and it depends on, 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 on where you are as to what you look like. So many blue beings exist sort of all over the place, but specifically we've, we've become very aware and connected to the Arcturians, probably more than any other blue being, although the blue avians, you know, they're, but they're more like birds, blue feathers as well. So the Intergalactic Council... I feel as if, because I have been hearing about this council mm. and not in relation to star seeds, but just in general. And I'm presuming yeah. that as above, so below, hermetics, similar to that, I'm envisioning that there is a council in space <laughs> or a, you know, in another dimension, whatever it is. And there's a board of people on a council or a, a board of beings or aliens on a council and they're all discussing about the future of the, the galaxy or the universe. And so is, is that accurate? Is that what we're, we're talking about here? Am I on the right right lines? Yeah. Well, there's like this, there's actually like there's 12 councils of light um, and there's like a hierarchy of light, I guess, that you would call it, you know, that you can, um, that, that, that forms the Galactic Federation of Light. So um, in the councils of light are, are kind of just one level and, and anyone like you and I um, can work on the councils as well if we've been initiated. Um, so um, I went through my initiation into the Melchizedek Order. Melchizedek is one of the Ascended Masters and the Ascended Masters are um a, a, you know a group of of 
light beings that have existed as as humans and they are mainly on the sixth dimensional frequency and they can sort of sometimes they can kind of reappear on earth for very short periods of time to be able to assist but um you know that's people like melchizedek and lord lanto and um lady master nada and kuan yin etc etc so they they kind of exist above the councils of light, the 12 councils of light. And then you've got the angels, which work for us. And then you've got the archangels that work for the Elohim. And the Elohim are the highest and brightest angels and guides. So, um, but we are the Elohim. And that's something that a lot of the, you know, the sort of the, the, the naughty aliens, you know, they don't like it because they they know that we are sovereign beings. So, um, and they can't create like we can. Um, so part of the, you know, the awakening process is, is remembering that we are divine and, and actually all, all powerful beings of light. We are the Elohim. We are that. And you see that a lot of them, they have no ability to be able to create worlds like we can. So there's, that's where these wars happen. This is why these wars happen, I think. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting hierarchy of light, but it's not like the Elohim are more important than the humans um, because we are that. We just haven't realized it yet, most of us. Right. And so you did say that we are all starseeds? I think everybody is a starseed, yeah. I think everybody is. I've never, I've never had the details of somebody who's come to me, and bearing in mind over, particularly since the beginning of COVID, like that's when the Dreamtime Academy really took off and we've been going for seven years. The you know, during that time, we must have done over a thousand reports and every everybody who sent me their birth details has come up as being a starseed. Some are, are slightly more aligned than others, but everybody is is a starseed. So I, I actually think that, you know, that we're all here to make a difference and it's just waking up to that. And what are the origins of starseeds? Who was the first to, to I guess, uh, make everybody aware of it or establish it? Um, I think that, you know, we have to commend the work of Dolores Cannon um, because she really started waking humanity up to its multidimensional nature, its true multidimensional nature, Um but, you know, if we if we talk about, you know, sort of um, the ascended masters, then it would be Madame Bravatsky, you know, who um, first started channeling the ascended masters and um, especially El Moya and um, Kut Humi. You know, she was able to actually, through the psychic telegraph, receive information in the physical through from the ascended masters from the sixth dimension. So we, you know, we it's just it's almost like it's become um more normalized than you know what we were taught at school that we evolved from monkeys and you know and then eventually became humans i mean of, of course i believe that you know that when the anunnaki found um you know the, the neathandal man on the earth that they you know they were then um, altered the DNA, their DNA, and, DNA yeah. yeah. So, but it didn't happen the way it did because there was too much of a quantum leap along the, the timeline 
um, mm. and all of a sudden we were creating amazing architecture and you know we we we, we sort of developed almost overnight so yeah I absolutely yeah. agree <laughs> with that no matter yeah. how much scientists have the theory of evolution there's just so much missing from it there's these massive gaps especially in the the neolithic era that just doesn't make any sense and you know i i don't know what it is but it just doesn't feel right you know it, quite possibly yes the anunnaki is definitely a theory that i am leaning towards as opposed to what science has has come up with because there's still a lot that scientists are uncovering and they don't have answers for everything and there's a lot of information that has been kept from us because they can't explain it so yes i 100% am not sold by the evolution story obviously some of it is true but not a lot of it makes sense so when we talk about star seeds and being from these constellations is that where our soul originates from and we are constantly being reincarnated from these other planets yeah well uh, that's a good question i i believe that we all come from source so we all come from like the big white light so and 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 it's fragmented so that light is then split off in different directions because the universe wants to expand so it has to experience to it itself um so after you know our soul leaves source consciousness it chooses to exist in various different places so that's why we connect more with one particular star system than another because we may have spent a lot longer there or we may have learned more lessons there but we've got to remember that we're not we are limitless beings we're ancient immortal beings of light living out temporary human experiences and we exist simultaneously across all of these different star systems um, and always have so we can tap into all of that but as humans we like to sort of categorize things and put ourselves into boxes um, and that's good as well because really it's a it's a great way of learning so um we you know we just have to remember that that we're so much more than than we can ever possibly imagine and um yeah we, we you know we, we we really are um i guess that the best way to describe it is you know you you know if, if you exist in um as a as, as part of the as, as part of the light we're just fragmented um light that then passes that information back up to source which helps the universe to expand love it that's it i love the the idea of all of what you're saying um i, I did cover in the intro i think you're know, a brief summary about what you offer in your academy but did you just want to elaborate as to to what you do at your academy yeah so um i run online wellness programs um so i teach the color mirrors system as an online course um is um a, a great way for, for but you see it's more than just a modality that you get like um a certificate as a practitioner to be able to use the, the mirrors it's a journey that you go through as you're learning it's a six-month program and um, people have an incredible um, personal journey of personal development as they as they go through the 19 different colors and um, and then catch up with me 
you know, via Zoom every couple of weeks just to track their progress and to deal with any issues that come up. So, so that's um, one of the things. We also run retreats as well. So we do, um, uh, we're like a modern day mystery school. And so we work um, on ceremonies and initiations as well into the, you know, to the councils of light as well as the awakening process. So our retreats are staged. Um, so we go through awakening, then evolve, then initiation, and then bliss. So the so for, most of the ladies that go on our retreats have gone through all of them because they just get so addicted to them. We, we hire a beautiful house up in the Perth Hills, which accommodates eight ladies and all the mirrors come with us. And then we've, it's got an amazing, almost like a cathedral-like meditation room that we, uh, that we do all of, um, a lot of the work in. Um, so, um, but also, you know, the, the academy has now probably about 12 different online courses and, and, and there are various different price points as well. So um, they're very accessible for people, a lot of the courses. So I teach level one and two color therapy, level one, two and three numerology. Um, we're also teaching level one and two ascended masters and um, ancient Egyptian gods, plus um, women's wellness journeys as well. A release, which is a four week women's wellness journey and and your true colors, which is a 12 week women's wellness journey. And they are they're all done through my online learning portal, through video tutorials and home play sheets and then catch-ups via Zoom to be able to do the inner work through hypnosis and timeline therapy and NLP, et cetera, et cetera. So the, um, the academy really supports people who are looking for something else. They're looking deeper. They are feeling like you, like they don't fit in. They, they've, they, that they know that they, they, they want to know more. They, they don't believe the truth and they are, you know, they're truth seekers fundamentally and star seeds that are awakening. And often that awakening process is quite challenging. So we have to look at, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the fear that's associated with evolution. We have to look at the, um, the, the trauma that's caught within the cellular memory, the wounded inner child, the shadows that need to be illuminated. And, and through that process, you know, you do become a light body, you know, so ultimately you're, you're activating your light body vehicle so that you can uh, ascend into the fifth dimension. And, and, and that journey can be painful. And a lot of people avoid it because it's easier just to be asleep and to go through the motions of the rat race, et cetera, et cetera. But as someone who's been through my own midlife awakening, I can tell you like the other side of it is fantastic because it forces you into a place of living in faith. And, um, and when you live in faith, you know, you, you, you have access to be able to feel the love and support of the councils of light and the ascended masters and the archangels and ultimately the Elohim. So you, you kind of exist then on an oversoul of the planet where, where you're kind of looking down at what's happening and taking place from your eagle's nest. Um, and able to be able to be a conscious observer, you know, instead of a consumer of of the terror. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Oh, I love what you're doing. And um, yeah, definitely need more of you out there. Um, Hayden, if you could communicate a message to the world, what would it be? I guess that um, it's take action 
really, because now is the time. It's not something that we, that we can wait for another few years. Um, and interestingly, you know, I, I always go back to a message that came through from the Ashtar Galactic Command that hit ITN News in the UK in 1977. And it was a channeled message that interrupted the broadcast of the news. Um, and the Ashtar, you know, even back then were concerned about the state of the earth and how, you know, if we don't start disarming our weapons and, you know, we don't stop um, judging each other and being in conflict, that, you know, it is going to have not only a detrimental effect on the planet, our planet, but also it will ripple out and affect other, other planets as well. So it's not just about us as an individual or, or the earth it's about, about what happens to all of us as a collective and I think that now is the time to do the work so if you're sitting there and you're going umming and ahhing about oh you know can I do this or should I do that because of fear or because you know you're stuck in survival where a lot of people are in resistance because they're stuck in their red most people are stuck in their red energy they stop taking action and they just turn a blind eye but really it's like okay so get over yourself move away from the ego mind which will keep you small because it wants to keep you safe it's the reptilian brain and 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 just do it just do it because you only have to take a baby action step every day and before mm -hmm. you know it your life is transformed oh i i feel like that was a message to me specifically <laughs> How was it? <laughs> I felt like it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm very good. I'm very good at encouraging other people, but when I when it comes to me and actually doing it, yeah, that's the that's probably a bit of fear there. There's probably a bit of shadow work that I need to do on that. Um, the thing is, yeah. like, don't beat yourself up too much, Esther, because like, if you think about it, you're doing this, Esther, you know, and and this is a lot more than many people are doing. You know, the, the podcast is incredible that what you're doing with this work is getting a message out into the world. Mm -hmm. So never underestimate what you're already doing. Oh, thank you. Oh, those are beautiful words. <laughs> How can people find you? Uh, what are your, your social medias? Okay, so I use, I've got a YouTube channel, which kind of um, took off really when I started creating um, content on star seeds. Everyone seemed to want to watch those. So Dreamtime Academy on YouTube. I'm also on Facebook um, under, I've got an, a group called Andromedans uh, as a Facebook group and also the Dreamtime Academy, which is my business page there. Um, my website is www.dreamtimeacademy.com.au and my, my learning portal is www.dreamtime-academy.com. So th there's a big presence um, online for Dreamtime now. Um, and so there's no excuses to not dip your toe in. And, and, and also you can catch some of my lives as well. As you mentioned before, I am live on, on Facebook, on um, both Andromedans and, and on my Dreamtime page at least once a week where I do free numerology um starseed numerology insights for people as well as my friday color forecast on facebook on a friday morning so you can tap into that and you know even if you're you know skeptical or reluctant to put your hand in your purse you know there is plenty of accessible free materials over 200 
videos, free videos with loads of, of wisdom that I've created on my YouTube channel. So, you know, it's like the only person that's stopping you is yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there is a lot, there's a lot of great content on there. I can, yeah, I, I, I'm still going through all of it at the moment, but uh, I will also leave your links in the episode description so that people can just click on the link. And I just want to thank you again. So just thank you so much for your time. I feel I feel I've, um, I'm energized after this conversation. Aww. Yeah, I, I'm really glad that I was able to speak to somebody that is knowledgeable in star seeds and just color therapy as well. Like that's just yeah. So I'm so I'm so glad that I got to speak with you. So thank you for your time. You're welcome, Esther. Lovely to meet you too. Well, thank you everyone for listening in. I hope you found it interesting. Uh, perhaps you're baffled, bewildered, and you're going, this is crazy talk. And if you are, then that's all good. Remember people, have an open heart, have an open mind, live your life and be free. Thanks for tuning in.